to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish. Yes, Robert Gerrish here, founder of Flying Solo, co-author of the bestseller of the same name and author of The One Minute Commute, available in all good bookshops and as an audiobook. Now today I am absolutely delighted to be speaking with Julian Mather and we are going to, well we're going to pull apart video and a whole lot of other things. Hello Julian. Hi Robert, happy Look to at, be here. Oh God, pleased to have you here. Now I've got to tell you, when I when I find guests for this show i have obviously checked them out and have a look at you know who they are and what they've done but oh, it's been a while since i've seen someone with a kind of um track record that you've had so i'm going to i'm going to whiz through some highlights and then i thought i'm going to get you to just tell us a little bit more about how your experience kind of um dropped you where you are today so from what i've learned you were you have been a sniper with the australian army You've worked uh, in TV, making documentaries and film for the ABC, the BBC, Discovery Channel and others. Uh, you have worked in kids' entertainment. You've run video courses to help people become kind of entertainers for young children. I mean, gosh, you've done an awful lot of stuff. Yeah, I, I, I always say that, you know, like it all started back back at school and I did really well at school if you don't count learning. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, what what I wanted to be was a photojournalist. And uh, but, you know, I, I wasn't you know keyed into the education system. So I basically wagged school, you know, like mm. I wagged, my, you know, most of my senior year. But I took myself to the library and read all the books on photojournalism. And, you know, the secrets are always sort of written between the lines. Mm. And even at a young age, I worked that photojournalism was not in Brisbane where I, right. I lived. And, you know, I had to get out somewhere else. So, I mean, that's how I ended up joining the army. I literally saw a poster on the side of a, uh, a bus shoulder. And I went, oh, uh, you know, the army will take me to the world. So I said, do you want photographers? They said yes. And, you know, I signed up and that's when the yelling started. And I realized that, uh, no, they didn't actually want me as a photographer. They wanted me in the infantry. So I ended up sniping and it mm. was the wrong view view on life. You know, I learned a lot there. Uh, but what I you know, wanted to do was to see a wider view of the world. So, you know, a bit of ducking and diving. And I ended up in television. Yeah, and I spent a short 25 years there. And 25 I say, you know, years, a short yeah, 25 20, years. You know, like and it was literally what I call the second best job in the world. They would put money in one hand, plane ticket in the other, kick me out the door and say, go tell people's stories. Wow. But, you know, I went to a lot of great places. But what the best thing above all was the people I met. And they were, I called them my teachers. Mm. And they inspired me with all the things they were doing in front of the lens. And at the top of my game in television, uh, I walked away because they had inspired this idea in my head that I could teach philanthropy to school children. Mm. So, I, yeah, it's great, you know, big, big <laughs> idea. I was going to go out and change the world. So I just walked away, took this program into schools to deafening silence. Oh, dear. Yeah. And I, so, and what do you mean exactly by philanthropy to school children? Uh, so when uh, I was interviewing uh, people a lot, you know, you'd have a bit of downtime setting up and just say it was a captain of industry or a CEO of a bank or anyone in, in some sort of position. I would go, what do you understand about philanthropy? Because, uh, philanthropy, because I had worked on a documentary about philanthropy. Okay. 
And uh, they surprised me with their two answers. They said uh, that they didn't really understand it because it's not really an Australian concept. It's more uh, a, a U.S. concept. And they would say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm interested, but I'm going to do something when I retire. And I would think to myself, hang on a moment. You're in a position of authority. You've got your hands on the levers. You can affect real change now. Mm. And I realized after a while that, you know, uh, I couldn't teach the old dogs new tricks. So I got this idea, could I teach the young pups new tricks? So I had this idea that I could teach the concept of philanthropy about taking an amount of money and putting it at the root cause of a problem uh, before the problem happened. And could I teach that to a new generation? So, uh, yeah. And so, I, you know, I mean, uh, I ran it past parents, uh, principals. Uh, I even sat on the, the government jet with Anna Bly when she was Premier of Queensland and mm-hmm. ran it past her. And everyone said, what a valuable idea. So this is, I left, took it into schools, like I said, to deafening silence. And I said, hang on a minute, you said it was valuable. They said, it is. I said, why won't you book me? And they said, you never asked us that. Right. That was a conversation Gosh. we never had. And I learned my first lesson about business. Never open a restaurant unless you've got a starving crowd. Mm. And, I mean, I, I, I didn't have a commercial mindset. I mean, you know, I was with the ABC. I was a public servant. I thought money grew on trees. And so I rudely <laughs> learned the realities of uh, running a business. And my TV career was sailing off into the distance. And I had to reinvent myself. Cool. Well, Let me just pause you there. I mean, that, yeah. that's an incredible story. But it's interesting because... You know, you've absolutely picked a point there that a number of of the flying solo community at some point um, will have experienced in their business where, you know, you talk to people and people around say, oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And then they put a lot of effort and a lot of time and a lot of money into it and find that actually no one's getting their checkbooks out. Because it's it's different, uh, you know, the distinction as you made there between being kind of interested in something and actually really needing it. It's quite different. Oh, it, it completely different. And, you know, and part of that was that the reason I really didn't ask about being booked, because I didn't want to hear no. Mm. I didn't want people to say, no, this wasn't a good idea, because that was going to ruin my, um, my, my, my feel-good moment. You know, I was very excited about doing doing this. And, you know, I've learned now, you know, um, a lot about, you know, creating minimum viable products and, and going, you know, uh, selling the product before actually creating it. Mm. You know, I've learned that that's a smarter way to go. Now. Yeah. Well, that's a good learning. But, it, you know, interesting that so here you are 25 years behind the camera. Prior to that, somewhat accidentally a period behind a telescopic lens um, but something triggered you to want to be the other side of all this then. And, and as, you know, so how do we get from where you were to kind of what you're doing now and into this, this real passion that you have now, which is helping people like us really embrace video? When, when did that shift happen? Well, it was actually, I remember I was, uh, I was filming John Howard when he was Prime Minister of Australia. And I was, just because he was a politician and speaking, I just zoned out. Because, well, <laughs> that's the way it goes. And, and, and I had an epiphany because I kept on seeing for decades all these people in front of the camera who were affecting change, pushing up against the status quo. And I really wanted to do that. And I had these ideas and I had this idea about philanthropy. And my epiphany was that, I can't be in two places at once. I can't be one of those people in front of the lens if I'm behind the lens. 
And mm. I was very comfortable. You know, I thought, this is a great job. Why would I want to leave this? And when I had that epiphany that I had to leave behind the lens, that's when I decided to walk away from TV. And i and I got to tell you, I mean, I remember the moment that I made this decision. I was sitting on my kitchen bench and I cried. I mean, I was literally mourning mm. for, you know, it, it, it was such a huge part of me, um, you know, being a cameraman. But I uh, made that decision, uh, moved on. Uh, and then when my philanthropy failed, I had to reinvent myself as a magician. So I became a magician for five years just to earn money. But that uh, led me on to having a YouTube channel uh, where I was teaching magic, and that became successful. Mm. Uh, 30 million views and about 140,000 subscribers. Gosh. And then that gave me a profile in the world of magic. I created these magic courses, uh, built a community, uh, online training community. And uh, that went well for a couple of years, but we were teaching people who wanted to be professional children's entertainers how to do that. Uh, but it was all, you know, we taught them the hard skills, how to do magic, how to do balloon twisting, how to story tell, all that. Right. But underneath it was the mindset and the, and the philosophy that I got really excited about. So I wanted to take this to a broader audience and I wanted to use video uh, as a way to get into market. So I sold this online business, it, it still exists. And for the last two years, uh, I've been in what I call my fertile void. <laughs> which right. is, you know, I mean, I've had all these ideas, how, how do I take this mindset change, package it up with video? And it's taken me about 18 months of ducking and diving and knocking on um, wrong doors, you know, going down wrong paths until it's finally started to take traction yeah, in the last year or so. Yeah, and and what so, again, fascinating story, and I and you know I love the way that, you know, you you went into becoming a magician, which you know you kind of wouldn't work that out by looking at your career to that point, would you? But this is clearly a, a way where you are now, kind of beginning to stand on the other side of the camera. You know, thirty million views on YouTube will clearly you've you've got a bit of a skill there. But so now then your your proposition and and you know the very piece that we're going to have a look at more is that you feel very very passionately that we don't use video as much as we could and we should and I think you also suggest that it's not anywhere near as difficult as people kind of think it is. No look the world has completely changed and it's changed because we're coming into the fourth industrial revolution. Uh and the fourth industrial revolution, I mean, the hallmark of that is, is artificial intelligence. Uh, and it's the Internet of Things. I mean, you know, pe people would probably un understand that. And right now, like, there's about 17 devices in every Australian household that are connected to the Internet. Mm. Why this is important is because our interface to this brave new world is our smartphone. Mm. And we look around and we can tell that everyone's addicted to smartphones. There's more people on the planet that own a smartphone than own a toothbrush. <laughs> but there's a simple physical limitation that people don't understand. When you look at your smartphone, look at the text. It's really small. Then look at your fingers. They're big and fat. It's really hard to operate text on a smartphone. And for that simple physical limitation, we have to evolve a new language to communicate. And that language is video. So whether you're in a business or whether you're in a job is irrelevant. There is a new way that we are uh, uh, communicating and it's going to affect all of us. So we all need to get on board. And when it comes to businesses, businesses are still uh, have a cultural overhang from the 
20th century, we all think that, you know, to to make a video, we compare it to how television is made. Mm. And we still think, because, you know, we all grew up with that. And there's a certain standard, a certain look. And we have this us and them. Oh, like, oh, it's okay for, for, for them because they're anointed, uh, you know, they're the anointed ones on TV. They've got the skills. But me, how could I do that? But what people don't understand is that we've moved into a new paradigm in the world. There's a zeitgeist for truth in the world, for authenticity. And you don't have to look further than the USA. I mean, that country voted in Donald Trump mm -hmm. because they, because he speaks a simple language. People are sick of corporate uh, double talk and political mm -hmm. spin. And so... If you've got, if you're in business and small business, and you've got a video budget, uh, don't spend it on trying to make videos polished and flash. Spend it on you and your personal growth and personal development, and your belief that you actually have something to say. Because that's what the world wants to hear. They want to yeah. hear what you want to say. And sorry, I'm just going to just go on here yeah. because what's in, what's important to understand. Um, is that we're also moving on now. Small business is not making videos for likes. So if you're thinking I'm talking about making viral videos, which is what everyone seems to talk about, nah, that doesn't work anymore. I mean, mm. you might jag it and, you know, best of luck if you do. I'm talking about you making videos for one person, for one customer who you think your product or service can help and better their life. And you make the video and you speak directly to them. And there is no person in the world better positioned to promote you and your product or your service than you. Yeah, look, uh, some great points. And there's so many questions I've got, I'm gonna slow myself down a bit. But so, I mean, I, I know, and, and at the end of this, we'll, we'll give out um, an address where people can visit you and see what you do. But I mean, I, I know, with your very own video on your website, one of your leading videos on there, one of the first videos that people see, is literally you just talking to me, it felt like, um, in a very simple way, in a very, just in your office, using your smartphone, you know, really straightforward. And I know that's the kind of video you're talking about here. But interestingly, you know, you've had all this experience over 25 years behind the camera, but you've, you've got rid of all your cameras. You just use your smartphone. Is that right? That's your 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 product of choice. Yep. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm a world uh, you know, class cinematographer, videographer, and the only camera I own, and honestly, the only camera I own is a smartphone. And I'll tell you why. And this, if you're listening, will possibly save you thousands of dollars. Photography now is at a crossroads. There's two sorts of photography, optical photography and computational photography. Optical photography, you'll know well. It's what we grew up with. It's, a, it's some sort of a box with a lens on the front. And in the back of that box was a piece of film or a digital sensor. You can't make lenses much clearer than they are now. You can't make the human eye see any sharper than it sees. You, we're coming to the point where digital sensors are peaking. We can't make them much more sensitive. But if you take that image out of that camera and then apply computing power to it, computation power is in its infancy. We're mm. just starting with quantum computers. We're getting computers that are designing other computers. And this is the future of video. Now, this is what's gonna save you thousands of dollars. You've gotta understand who are the leaders in this. It's not Canon and Nikon and Leica. It's Google and Apple and Microsoft and companies like that. Mm. 
this is the future of video. So if you're thinking now like, oh, okay, maybe I do have to get into video. I've got to go out and get some equipment. Don't. Wrong. Right. Right. You, you, you already have the best camera that you can use in your pocket right now. And it doesn't and, – and, pe- and people go, well, well which, which, which is the best model? The one you have in your hand right now. We'll do the job. It is yep. way above specs for what you need to put online. <laughs> and if you do go down this path of using your smartphone as your tool, your tool of choice – You've killed two birds with one stone because every time you upgrade your communication system, you also upgrade your video system. Sure. Look, I, I, I totally get that. And, and I, can, I can imagine a lot of people listening that are kind of nodding and, okay, okay, Julian, I get it. Uh, video is important. I've got the camera in my pocket. But then there's still a, a kind of a gulf between knowing that we ought to be doing something and knowing we've got the tech in our pocket to do it, but then to figure out what the hell am I going to talk about? You know, how do I do this? How do I start? I mean, that must be presumably, you know, you go around, you're speaking at conferences, you're presenting around the place. You must still get people coming to you saying, Julian, what do I, what, what's my video going to be about? And how do you answer that? Yeah, it's 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 everyone. It's not just some people say that. Right. And and this is this is the truth. Now, um, we all use video socially. We will stand at the barbecue with a beer and a you know set of tongs in our hand and, and go, yeah, hi, mum. We're happy to do that. But when it comes to business, we won't do it. Mm. And it's not the technology because everyone knows how to record a video. I mean, yep. if you can press that red button, you've pretty much got it. You nailed it yeah. on your smartphone. <laughs> Why we don't do it is that we are fearful uh, of damaging our status because video shines a big light on who we actually are and who our what our communication skills are like and we we hide that because you know we put a, a presence out to the world we all have our you know, our, our uh, online facebook profiles and yep. you know we're all a little better than we actually are <laughs> video unmasks you and people don't like that uh, and so we protect ourselves i Call it the porcupine defense, you know, like a little hedgehog or a porcupine. Mm, you go mm. to touch them and they curl, curl up. up in a ball. Yeah, they're protecting their soft spots, their vulnerabilities, and, and these are our soft spots. So when I work with people with, with video, if you go and learn video, uh, almost 99 out of 100 times, they'll teach you to press buttons first, you know, push this, push that. And, work, and I work completely opposite. I work on a process of heart, head and hands because you have to get your heart in the right place. You have to get your belief that you are the right person to do this. And then you have to get your head in the right place that you actually have the strategies in place. Then the button pushing, pushing hmm, becomes, that's the last thing. becomes, you know, so much easier. But do you find that, um, you know, look, we, none of us will go very far in our day before we're confronted by video, whether it's, um, as you say, on Facebook, whether it's in a, a newsletter that we receive, whether it's on LinkedIn. You know, we do see a lot of people using video. Um, and I don't know about you, but I'm fi- kind of underwhelmed by a lot of what I see not because of the kind of production values, but because of the content. You know, what is just because you've got a red button that you can press doesn't mean you should. So it, it still comes back, I think, to, you know, for somebody, maybe you've got someone listening who's a, you know, an independent professional, a consultant of some sort, um, and is thinking, what what should my video be? Should it be a video of them 
selling themselves? Should it be a video of a, one of their customers uh, giving them a testimonial? I mean, is that it, it, these easy questions for you to answer, or is it? Yes, is yeah, it yeah, deeper okay. than that. Yep. Okay, okay. So here's a strategy, uh, just to key into what you were saying about is video everywhere? Yes, it is. The figures say that by 2021, four out of the five things that we do on our smartphone will be video based. So there's a really simple maths here. If you're a business and you're not using video, you're gonna become invisible Mm. to your customers. So you need to start putting video out there. So, okay, how can we do that? Here's a strategy. If you're a business, you are providing a product or a service that is solving a problem. Take one of those problems, break it down into three, four or five points. So if, uh, because you know, uh, uh, everyone's got a short attention span now. Sure. So a general rule of thumb is make short short videos, one point per video. How long should a video be as long as it needs to be? Yeah, okay. I mean, Theodore Roosevelt, uh, President of the United States, you know, nailed it you know, a, de- a century ago. He said, be brief, be sincere, be seated. So say <laughs> what you've got to say, say it with meaning, then get off the stage. Yep, so, so that's true. how your video should should be. So let's say that you've got five five points. You're going to make five short videos and you just uh, set your camera up, uh, face towards a window so the light's coming on your face a a little bit. Uh, Just make sure it's, you know, you haven't got the radio in the background or your family aren't having a conversation Mm. that is distracting in the background. Uh, Put yourself in the centre of frame, hit the record button, just introduce yourself and uh, and go... uh, Okay, no, I'll just go back a step. I'll give, I'll actually give you a little formula here. Okay. Um, give a hook. So state a little problem. Did you know that four out of five people have uh, uh, a greater problem with in termites in in their house than they realise? Then you introduce yourself. Hi, my name's Julian Mather, and in this short video. I'm going to give you some strategies for making sure that termites don't, you know, um, ruin your greatest yeah, investment. Okay. Perfect. Look, and so just, it's just before formula. you go further, yeah. I can. I, that's a great setup, and I can see that. And I think anybody listening will be thinking, okay, that that's, you know, that's very doable because you're talking about what's the main kind of problem that you fix. It's a very brief intro to you, so that feels comfortable. You know, that feels structured as well. It's got, a, as you say, it's got a strategy to it. So. And presumably from there, in that instance that you gave, we're just going to go through three or four little examples of... You're going to make one point per video. Okay. So okay. you're going to make... So in, you're going to say, in, in this video, I'm going to tell you the first step to you know um, making sure your uh, greatest investment doesn't fall to the ground. You're right. going to make that point. It yep. might be 30 seconds long. And then you're going to give a call to action at, at the end. And you you want to, and you're going to say uh, if 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 you want to know uh, more about you know uh, some really good strategies for you know uh, pr- uh, pest protecting your house, you can come to my website. And did you know that I've made four other videos mm. uh, about this very thing? So uh, if you haven't got those, uh, I've made a, a a quick little cheat sheet for you, uh, and you can get that at my website as well. Mm. And then you make the other four videos in while you're standing there. So you make the first video, the second video, the third, the fourth, the fifth. And you just use this formula. And now you have five videos that are all structured, all pointing people to where you want them to go and all giving them some value in, in some sense. Bang, you've got five, five pieces of content. They don't need to be perfect. They don't need to be polished. Here's the thing. 
people don't understand about being um, perfect and polished on camera. There's uh, a psychological principle called the pratfall effect. The pratfall is a, a comedic fall. You know, Buster Keaton, when you run over and trip over and fall flat on the face or walk into a wall, yep. that's, that, that's called that's a pratfall. That's the pratfall. <laughs> that's the pratfall. The psychological effect with that is that if you are a person who is considered competent in your field, so, you know, if, if, if you've got some position and authority, if you make a mistake, it makes you more likable. Hmm. And so if you try to be per you go, no, no, I'm not I'm gonna get this video, I'm not I'm not gonna put it out until it's perfect, counterintuitively, <laughs> you're doing yourself a disservice. A little bit of imperfection is yeah, fine. I mean, the pratfall effect, they, they they actually use it in advertising. Yeah, look, did yeah. you see that um you must have seen it. I think it was on CNN, the uh, guy who was being interviewed and one of his little kids came into the background of the room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's there's a pratfall if ever there was one. Um, yeah. But, it, you know, that guy, uh, the way, I mean, he, he just about handled it okay. It was a bit touch and go. But, um, yeah, as you say, there's, there's doing something, making a mistake, something goes a little wrong. It really emphasizes that you're human. Look, I, I, I love the way that you've you've kind of pulled that apart and I can see and hopefully people listening will get, yeah, okay, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't sound scary. Look, my, I'm going to kind of work us up to a bit of a close here, but one thing I notice, and I find this with people that I speak with on the podcast um, and I've, and I've witnessed this in video as well, is people really hate listening to themselves or looking at themselves. So what do you say to those people? They recorded five little videos and they look back at them and they go and they cringe. What should we do there? Should we, do we just have to be, do we just have to kind of man up a bit and go, that's okay, it's okay? Yeah, uh, the first thing I say to all those people who are, who are feeling that is join the club. Right. right? Every, <laughs> you're not Robinson Crusoe by yourself mm. out there. Uh, so when I teach video, there's a section I call, and it's called Why You Hate You. And I actually unpack <laughs> the science be behind this because we all do that. I do it. I look at myself, oh, God, I hate how I sound on video. I hate how I look. Oh, I've got nothing to say. Are people going to think I'm stupid? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of science behind that. So we can do an experiment right now if you're, if you're mm -hmm. listening. So why do you hate how you sound on video? Okay, because when we speak – our sound travels two ways. It travels convectively. Think of a convection oven, you know, going yep. through the through the air. So our tra sound goes through the air and comes back into our ears, and we hear ourselves that way. At the same time when we speak, the sound leaves our voice box, travels through the bones in our jaw to the bones in our ears, and we hear this deep resonance. So everyone out there now, Take the two palms of your hands if you can. <laughs> if you're not on public transport and going to look like a weirdo, I mean, do it some other time. But put your hands over your ears. Just press gently and just count to five. I'm going to do it now. One, two, three, four, five. Did you hear that that was deep and bassy and resonance? That's the, that's the convective sound. Hmm. Now, when you hear yourself on a video... There's no convective sound. Uh -huh. So for the first time, you you're different. hearing your voice like you've never heard it. See, everyone else hears your voice without convective sound, and they love it. They think, oh, geez, that Robert, he's a nice guy. <laughs> but you, uh, there's a thing called the familiarity principle. We, you know, simply is we don't like things we're not familiar with. Right. You know, we hang around with people who are similar, with, with uh, familiar to us. So 
sound, when it's different, we don't like it. And we go, oh, God, I sound so nasally in Australia. No, you don't. <laughs> you just sound different to how you normally yeah, hear yourself. Yeah, the sad truth is that's how you always sound. That's how you always sound. So what you do <laughs> is you take that worry, you put it in a little box, you lock it, and you throw away the key. Yeah, okay. Because there's nothing you can do about it. Everybody mm. in the world suffers the same thing. Okay. Move on to the next concern. Got you. Look, Julian. Uh, clearly, we could uh, we could speak all day, and we must get you back and uh, and pull this apart some more. But um, thank you so much for sharing your time with Flying Solo, and I think that's a great kind of intro to not only your expertise, but just helping people just understand that actually, you know what, getting involved in video is not only something that is pretty goddamn essential, but it doesn't need to be too confronting or too difficult. And I know that. If we want to find out more, the place to go is your website, which is julianmather.com. Is that right? That's it. Okay. That's it. If you, if, if you go there, everything is there. And uh, I have a book called Get Video Smart, and you can get the entire digital book for free mm. because I want people to start doing this because they're human. I mean, I'm human. We're all human. We're all fallible human beings just trying to make the best way through life as, as we can. This book will help you. I don't think there's any other book, and this is how confident I am in the world out there, that will help you more getting started on video. So go oh, That's a good it. pitch. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Julian, thank you again so much for joining us. Thank you. And before I go, don't forget that when it comes to creating a truly enjoyable and pros prosperous business, Flying Solo gets you. Premium membership has all the tips and tools you'll need for just $99. Head to the join page to learn more. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au. 